welcome to Balado, the Story Save podcast. Today, we're sharing an episode from the podcast Nonprofit Spotlight, featuring Story Save's own Selena Eisenberg. Selena is currently co chair of the Story Save Committee. Nonprofit Spotlight is a podcast from Charity Auctions Today, which illuminates the incredible work of nonprofit organizations from around the world. Selena spoke with Tom Kelly about the profound art of oral storytelling and the work we do here at Storytellers of Canada and the Story Save program. So, Selena, with uh, Storytellers of Canada, this is actually one of the most uh, one of the interviews I'm looking forward to the most because I feel storytelling not only in uh, kind of your world. Uh, but also in business world and everywhere else is such a big part of just, you know, getting your message across and really kind of captivating an audience. And I feel, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel storytelling really helps to just make a person more interesting the way that they just tell a story. Like you can have one person that tells a story in one way and then another person that's skilled in storytelling, tell, uh, storytelling, telling the exact same story in a different way. And you have two different experiences. So I'm excited for this. But yeah, please go into kind of what you guys do, how your organization works. And um, I, I just want to learn everything I can about you today. So Tom, I think you're absolutely correct in what you said. And storytelling, I mean, it's the oral tradition that has been going on forever. And um, stories can touch people in so many different ways. Uh, it is an art form. It is probably one of the oldest. Um, and, and yes, I mean, business now is starting to see it as a, a great model to learn about storytelling, how they can get their message out there. Um, Storytellers of Canada in particular, we are the only Canadian national storytelling organization. And, and we started in 1992. It was a group of storytellers who were just random tellers from different parts of Canada and who had this idea that we should um, meet. And so uh, Rosalind Cohn, the first person with this, I guess, idea, invited storytellers that she knew to come to Montreal. And they gathered. And the one thing they came away with on this weekend in 1992 was that they were going to meet again. And where they met was in Whitehorse, Yukon, which is pretty far away. Yeah. And so many storytellers, from what I've been told, actually went to that first conference. And the idea was that we should meet in different provinces across Canada because every province has their own unique story. The people, the land, the connection, um, the history, the culture. And, and this is what they've been doing since that very first conference. Um, and in that conference in particular, they met with First Nations people and, and they learned a lot about story and why the need for story, the power of story. Um, I myself have only started going to conferences since uh, 2012. And I haven't missed any except for the two that were cancelled uh, or the one that was cancelled twice uh, during the pandemic. And, and every year, I mean, 
you, it's like family. It's like a reunion. And uh, we always offer master classes for storytellers. That's always before the conference actually opens. And when the conference opens, there's always a keynote speaker and there's always um, storytelling uh, workshops for all levels. And um, so I was involved in the organization since, well, 2012, as I told you. And, and I actually only joined for one reason. I didn't even know much about Storytellers of Canada, although I had been told by this Rosalind Cohn, who was the founder, because she was living in Montreal. But I joined because I heard about this opportunity that I could apply an application for. It was called the TD uh, Canadian Children's Book uh, Week Tour. And they always, through the Children's Canadian Book Centre, they take uh, authors and illustrators, and they took three storytellers. Mm. So I applied, but I had to join first the organization. And what I found was this group of 150 storytellers from across Canada that I honestly fell in love with. And, and it was uh, magical. And it has, the magic has not stopped. Well, it's funny because after our first conversation, you know, I've been trying to go down this path of becoming a better storyteller. And after our first conversation, I can sense and see how you like pause and how you kind of like present yourself when you're when you're just talking. Because like everything's almost coming off like like you would tell a story, right? You're trying to draw me in on, on what you do and all that. So I started like recognizing that and I've been trying to do the same things uh, when I'm talking to people where I'm pausing, I'm not rushing so much. I'm trying to maybe like pause on something I want to emphasize and kind of draw the person in. Like you were telling me, like, it's all about the pauses and this and the direction. And it's funny because if you want to become a better storyteller, you should hang out with storytellers, right? Because in our 20 minute conversation, I was able to pick up some things because I knew in the back of my mind, like I want to be a better storyteller. And so just that, that short interaction with you before I started to kind of pick up some of those things. And I was like, Oh, I, I can see what she's doing. Oh, I'm going to try that next time I'm talking to somebody else. And it's just amazing. But just having a group of people, if you want to become a better storyteller to just get around, you're not going to get any better than just being with the people for a long period of time, because you're going to, it's all, everything that I, I learn is usually caught, not taught. And yeah, you can have these great master classes, but it's listening to people and how they do it and picking up what they do and trying to model it uh, is what works for me. So go into like some of the the storytelling that happens like at these events, uh, the live events where people can go to, um, like how, how are they usually structured? And, you know, if somebody's brand new to it, you know, what can they kind of uh, expect to experience? So. And let's say at each of these conferences, usually typically on a Friday night and a Saturday night, we will have curated shows. And, and the storytellers, they have to apply um, when the call goes out. And there's usually a theme. So, for example, in 2014, there was a theme. The conference was going to be in PEI. And the theme was um, the roots you travel or grandparents' roots. It, it sort of had a, a twist on the play of the word root. And I got to thinking, because I wanted to be able to send in a proposal, and I ended up uh, sending in a proposal about the roots or the route that my grandfather took coming from Europe um, 
to Canada and his life story um, as a peddler, etc. And you know, so you you know, I had to develop the the story. What did I want to tell? I worked on it. I sent in the proposal. I did get a spot. So we were maybe seven or eight tellers that night in PEI, in Summerside, PEI, in a beautiful little church. And it was just on the heels of, uh, there was a huge storm there. I don't remember the name of the storm at the moment, but I mean, all the power had been knocked out, et cetera, et cetera. And, and the show ended up not being recorded because the person who was doing the recording had to go back home to in Nova Scotia because there was flooding and whatnot. Um, but each person who told a story, every story was different. So there, you know, um, and and you sit there and you listen to all the different styles. And one of the women, she had been just an organizer, uh, a lovely lady, Alice Harnois. And she was at the counter always, you know, sort of giving us information, where to go, uh, what, what time uh, something was starting. And I said, Alice, you have to come to the storytelling evening. You will love it. Well, we now have a connection. She actually just sent me a holiday card, but she loved the evening and she didn't know much about storytelling. So I think that's what's so special about these uh, events and these evenings. And they're open always to the public. And it's like going to the theater for the evening in a way. Um, and, and we all tell so differently. Our stories are different. Our styles of how we stand you know, how we project, um, maybe the use of a slight gesture. Some people do not gesture whatsoever. My hands are always going, but not too much, you know, because you learn to regulate these things. So that's just the beauty of it. And, and, and you have always people who come from different parts of Canada and sometimes even the United States who come to our conferences. And if they have a performing spot, well, I mean, it's delightful. Well, even just the the storm is a great setting for a new story, right? For that event. How, how crazy is that? Uh, like you can take any, um, the way that I look at it from a mindset perspective is everything that you think is like a negative thing that's maybe happening to you can be spun in a, into a positive story to kind of talk, you know, to maybe make fun of something uh, like the situation and make light of it. And, be, you know, um, yeah, it, it's probably um, not, you're probably not having a lot of fun right now because of the storm and no power and your video guy and your audio guy has to go home. But you can make light of it. You can tell a great story. You can draw people in. And uh, it's, it's amazing how just using your words um, can just have like an emotional impact on somebody. Um, yeah, crazy. So that actually, that, sorry for to interrupt, that yeah. night, there was a couple there who had heard me tell the story in Montreal, just in a, like a story swap. And so they kind of knew the story, but obviously from the time they heard it to the time I performed, it had grown, it had changed, it had shifted. And something that was so touching for me was the gentleman had said afterwards, he said, I could feel Sam in this church with us. Nice. And the crazy thing was, is that the night that I told that story is actually the anniversary or was the anniversary of his passing. 
mm. a number of years earlier. So, I mean, th- those those threads, the the the. I mean, there's just so much, and this is what happens with stories because the more you tell them, the more you take time. You sometimes you let a story sit for a while. And you pick it up because you found something in it. Or maybe there was a theme another evening where it just links in. And suddenly, you know, I mean, if it's a folktale, maybe it changes somewhat. Maybe if it's a personal story, maybe there's some new information. Like, they just grow. (laughs) When you you were talking about, um, like, elders, and you do um, talk talk a little bit more about uh, the elders, how you um, highlight them. Um, and also how you come up with new or, or find new tellers and how often you find new tellers and really what is like the selection process to become a, a teller and, and how like um, how hard is it to become a teller um, in, in the society, if at all? Um, is there like a, a, a selection process? You know, how many do you bring on each year or is it really just open to anybody that just wants to apply and everybody can get a chance? Okay, so there's a couple of levels here. So I'm going to start first just with Story Save. Story Save is a project under Storytellers of Canada. Um, and it, it began actually with Jan Andrews. Uh, she's no longer alive, but she was a, a, an acclaimed storyteller in our community um, and had received the Order of Canada for all of her work. Um, so the idea was there was a storyteller. Her name was Kate Stevens. And Kate Stevens had this unique um, storytelling um, uh, amount of work that was all traditional Chinese stories. And Jan knew that these stories had to be recorded because at some point this master teller would may not be around forever and to capture these stories so that people could hear them um, and enjoy them over and over. That was the goal. So she went to her home and she recorded her at her kitchen table. And that was the birth of story save. The idea was to save one tellers, uh, a master tellers voice an elder um, and then these are recorded and they are uh, archived. Every year, someone can nominate a master teller. And the Story Safe Committee, we're a small committee. We've just grown, actually. We have a few more members. We will get these nominations. We'll read through them and we'll make a decision as to which teller we would like to highlight in the coming year. So... That's one entity of Story Save. And up until now, we have 24 recorded CDs, and that's of 22 artists. So the last one we just did was Anita Best out of Newfoundland. And uh, her, her one of her best traits is that she tells jack tales. But she tells Jack tales through the lens of from Newfoundland and her tradition, as opposed to the Jack tales that most of us know from Appalachia and um, through the European tales of Jack. So, and she and she does ballads as well. So, you know, it's it's each one of them have a unique style or a unique repertoire, and this is how 
a member will submit their name uh, and and we will decide who it will be that particular year. But then if, if somebody didn't get it, we encourage them to be nominated afterwards. Um, but whoever nominates them, they have to be willing to support that artist through the year of choosing the stories, uh, putting it together, going to the recording studio in their area, looking for funding, et cetera, et cetera. And Story Safe and Storytellers of Canada um, supports that as well and supports that artist. And then at the uh, following year, the, the next conference, when they've been nominated, that's when we launch their CD. And it's usually on the Thursday evening before the, uh, just as the conference is beginning. So that's one. Anybody can come and join and be a part of Storytellers of Canada. And most people who do, it's because they're already part of their own local guilds. Like the guild I'm part of is Montreal Storytellers Guild. Because I'm not so far from Ottawa, I'm a member of Ottawa Storytelling uh, Storytellers Guild. So this is kind of how people get their feet wet initially. But if you want to... Um, you know, if, if you follow Storytellers of Canada and if you are a storyteller and you see the call out for the following conference or like I said, you know, any of these other projects like um, a traveling uh, storyteller. I mean, that's how I got my foot wet. This is how I got involved in Storytellers of Canada. With the storytellers that, that kind of come on board, the ones that are really good, um, do they usually have like a following that um, they're kind of, do they become famous or like, when I say famous, I mean like lots of followers on social media, like, or are they more mostly like quiet? They like to just do the storytelling to like on the side, like meaning on the side of like a group when not to the public, but like, hey, I want to just be in a small room, like a coffee house doing my storytelling and open night, mic night. And, you know, this is kind of my next stepping stone would be maybe to visit a storytellers event uh, of Canada and go to a, a, a venue or a conference that has more people. Like what are the north, like the backgrounds of some of these storytellers? First of all, all of the above of what you just said. I mean, we all come to it from from different angles. Sometimes people are librarians. Sometimes people are just interested in story or their family were storytellers or it's just an art form they're interested in. Not everybody who comes is a storyteller. There are many story listeners. There are people who come for many different reasons. We've had um, doctors come because it helps them to uh, then bring this into their practice to become a better listener. Mm-hmm. So there's many skills involved. Um, I think that there are definitely lots of storytellers who are professional and that is what they do solely. And there's many of us who have our other hats. Maybe we're educators. Um, you know, we, we, we all come from some, some are accountants. I mean, everybody comes from a different background and we're all different levels and there's no, there's no hierarchy. There's no judgment. There's, um, it just because you're interested that you become a member and maybe you want to dabble and learn more. We we do have social media. First of all, Storytellers of Canada is on Facebook and we have a website, storytellersofcanada-contour.ca. So um, 
and and there are some people who you know are on Twitter, which is now X. So, um, like for myself, I have my Facebook page, and as I meet storytellers, I you know, add them. They follow me. I post. Sometimes I put up a storytelling video that I've just done, or sometimes I just announce, hey, I'm going on tour. This is what I'm up to. Um, now, during the pandemic, um, we we had to find a way to uh, open the door through Zoom. And every, not every, but many of the different uh, guilds across the province or across Canada started to host, you know, an evening and that type of thing. And then they, they publicized it. They let Storytellers of Canada know, or they let their own friends know on Facebook. And this is actually how Montreal Storytellers Guild uh, became actually very popular um, on Zoom, is that we would post on Facebook and open it up to anybody. They would send us a, you know, I'm interested, and we would send them the link. And suddenly, I, myself and Rob Cloney, we were hosting storytelling evenings for two hours. And people were coming from England, from wow. the Philippines, from Brazil, from across Canada. Um, and those were in the days when everything was pretty much shut down. So people could stay up really late and it was okay, you know, and be on a different time zone. But the storytelling and the cross-pollination was, was amazing. And, and we even got to know the storytellers that are across Canada so much better because you didn't have to wait for a conference. And even now that has not stopped. So where we're all trying to meet in person again, or tell at cafes or in schools or wherever different people tell, we are online as well because there really is a need and a platform. Yeah, we'll make sure to include all of the links in, definitely in the bio so more uh, people can follow you and um, get some more information for sure. Is there any type of volunteer base that kind of comes along and kind of helps with the coordination and the setup and the operation of, of the conferences? Um, and, you know, how does that look if somebody wants to, like, not only attend, but maybe wants to volunteer? It's all volunteer. There, uh, you know, we have a couple of paid staff, but everything is volunteer. The board is volunteer. Um, there's always a conference committee. Um, and, and in fact, this past year, we had the conference in Sudbury, and they were just two people working mm -hmm. to put this conference together. So a couple of us who have experience for, you know, my hat as a past president, uh, someone else who lives here in Montreal and is able to speak French, we, we put this together and we worked um, via, via Zoom to uh, meet regularly and put together the conference. So when people sent in their applications, it was the conference committee who looked at the proposals and made decisions on who were the English speaking tellers who were going to be chosen, who were the French speaking. And when I talk about those kinds of uh, spots, they're paid spots. You're, you're, you're coming, you're performing, you do get paid for that. But we ourselves, no, it's just purely volunteer. And we love it because you want the conference to be the best possible conference each yeah. year. 
Well, and it seems like you get a lot of value, you know, just being, just attending the conference and um, with just the different storytellers and how they do the, um, just, you said earlier, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, but you said there's multiple styles and everybody kind of has their own style. Is that just something you kind of learn over the years or you pick up or, you know, if somebody's trying to figure out what their style is, is there any tips that, um, you know, to help kind of figure out what the style is? I think it's really what speaks to your heart. And storytellers will always say that uh, stories find them. It's not necessarily they've gone out and found a story, but I mean, we sometimes do as well, but there are, there are tellers who tell epic tales um, and, and they'll take an epic like the Odyssey and they will have 14 or so different tellers telling a portion mm. over X amount of hours to get the production out, you know? So um, I started off, as telling Jewish folktales, Jewish legends. But I didn't want to only be known as a Jewish storyteller. So, you know, I started to learn and look for different tales that spoke to my to 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 my ability or to what I would want to tell. Like I don't really like to tell three little pigs. It's not something that excites me. Um so I think it's just finding the genre that you, that interests you. And some people tell, you know, the legends from their, their province that they live in. Um, lots of people like personal stories, people like slam stories. So a slam is um, a competition and you tell it in five or seven minutes and very often it needs to be true. And, and I've, I've dabbled in that and it is so exciting to develop a story um, and I've developed a few of them. Um, you know, I have one about the plumber and, uh, <laughs> you know, which everybody can relate to. So it's fun. Uh, you know, I have one about uh, a ski accident. You were talking about something that's negative and turning it into something positive. I mean, and people can relate. They, they see, so I think they, they imagine or they, they, they slip themselves into the story because these are stories we can relate to. Even folk tales. Folk tales, you know, they have meaning, they have message, wisdom tales, but there's so much space in between them that you can find something that, that speaks to yourself. So I think that's what it is about finding this, the right story for the right moment that you want to tell. And it's the indigenous tellers who teach us that as well, because they do not just tell a story for the sake of telling it. They tell it because it's the time of year. It's the season. Um, it's for the right reason. Very often, these the indigenous storytellers will tell you they have nothing planned when they walk into the room. But they look around the room and they find the story that needs to be told yeah. for the person who's sitting there. And it's an interesting connection. It's definitely a skill and a craft. And um, hearing that, that they can walk into a room, feel the energy that the room's giving off, and then be able to, like, this is a story. I came in going to tell this story, but no. I got a different vibe from the room and, and it spoke to my heart and I'm going to tell this story instead. That takes a true, you know, like 
um, a true guru, I guess, if you want to say guru, um, a, a true, uh, I guess, expert when it comes to storytelling, to be able to do that and just have that fluid flexibility to uh, walk into a situation and then be able to just kind of speak something that they never had planned, um, which is just amazing. We have some storytellers who will say to you, give me a place, give me a character, give me a time. And they will just like on the spot tell the story, which I wow. think is incredible that I can't do that yet. But, um, but you know, sometimes there's a reaction from the audience or maybe a cell phone goes off, which it shouldn't. And, you know, you find a way to sort of weave that in for a moment, you know, yeah. and then continue. And because it's not, we're not, we're not, we're not learning something um, as a text as if we're reading it. It is the oral tradition. And sometimes in the moment, you may need to change. And, but, but it's almost like walking through a forest and you just find your way. And it, and it doesn't happen immediately. And it does take practice. But it's very cool when you start to make these connections. Is there any story or impact stories that uh, had on your life that you've heard um, with, uh, with hearing different storytellers? Anything that impacted your life and uh, anything that you can maybe share uh, with the listeners of how just the way that this person presented the story or the, the, the reasoning, the meaning behind the story um, really just kind of stands out in your mind from something you've experienced since being with the group? Hmm. It's a little bit tough because I think I'm impacted <laughs> all the time. Um, you know, I think that you learn a lot about a person through the story they tell. So, like a woman was telling a story, I, I, don't, I can't say there's any one impact, but I think that the stories resonate. And if, a, if I've heard a story that resonates with me or was well told, I can very often pretty much retell parts of that story. Not, not necessarily verbatim, but it touches my heart in the sense that um, I want to share it now with somebody. When I hear a very good storyteller and they have, um, they, they use ways to not just say the same thing, you know, once upon a time, let's say. So I will take sometimes some of those uh, ways that they've begun, or maybe the way they say age, you know, um, 80 years young. I mean, how interesting is that? So I, when I hear something like that, I will start to incorporate it. I will use it. I don't know if there's any one story that's impact my life, but I think that they are all in many ways impactful. I think hearing some of the indigenous stories has opened up my mind and 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 helped me to understand truth and reconciliation and 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 I'll give you an example actually maybe this is something that was so impactful so at the conference 
I think it was in 2016. No, it wasn't. I think it was in Edmonton, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, doesn't matter. Edmonton or Vancouver. And the, the committee had brought in these Indigenous women to do a blanket ceremony. Now, I had never heard about a blanket ceremony. And we were told, if you've never experienced it, go and experience it. And basically, they laid out blankets all throughout the room, and each blanket square is a different color, et cetera, and what whatnot. And then there were different, um, there was like maybe a doll. There might have been um, a uh, scroll with information. But so you were told to pick up different things, and you did, and then you went to a blanket, let's say. And you were always given instructions, and they began to tell the story of Turtle Island mm-hmm. and the Indigenous people. And you might have been on that blanket that got taken away. Maybe you were sent to another blanket uh, for, you know, during a different period of your life, depending what character you were. And it wasn't so much that you were saying anything, but you were playing a role personally to experience what it meant. That was impactful. And I had another experience similar to that. Um, it, it was, it was relating to the Holocaust and it was in a safe space in, 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 in the auditorium where our synagogue is. And I went with my children and there were different components during that evening. And I can tell you that at a certain point when they asked all the children to get up and walk to another part of that room, believe me, it was impactful. And that was just story, but it was true story. And it was a live share experience, even though I didn't, it, I didn't live through it. And that's the same for the blanket ceremony. So actually, I'm glad you actually reminded me of this because those would be the two stories and experiences that were incredibly impactful in my life. And for me as a human being to, to understand other people. Well, and that's, I think, the point of an expert storyteller can really just take somebody out of their current situation and take them into a world with just their words that maybe if this person's going through a hard time now and they just need 30 minutes of just listening to somebody tell a very compelling story, whether it could be about anything, but just using your words and just being like, I guess, sucked into the way that they speak and and their movements and you know, you can really start to just kind of, it's like your getaway, uh, you know, from, from reality for a little while. Uh, and it just seems like um, just a wonderful experience, especially at these events and, and the Zoom calls um, to, you know, people I could see being drawn to them that if they just need to get away and just, you know, everything going on in the world these days, is, it just seems like very stressful for everybody. And everybody just needs a, a little something to kind of break away and just kind of forget about things for a while. And I think storytelling is kind of that um, that venue to kind of just, it's like listening to an audiobook, right? Um, just get out, not think about anything, you know, find a storyteller that you can really resonate with and really just kind of follow them, you know, listen to, to their words, kind of, you know, feel that connection with them. And, um, you know, it's kind of your way of, of kind of having that uh, nice little, break from reality, uh, whether it's 10 minutes or two hours, you know, 
you know, whatever it need, whatever you need to kind of break free. I think that's, it's an amazing thing. And it's just amazing to me how doing it with stories is such, it sounds like such an easy thing, but nobody thinks about how much goes into the craft of being a storyteller. Um, and how, you know, you and, and everybody else in the group that is a storyteller spends years perfecting the craft and you're always learning, right? You said earlier, like you, you, you don't know this yet, this style yet, but I'm still learning. Like, like, that's the thing. It's like nobody, I'm sure even the elders that you're recording now never think that they're done learning. And I'm sure they're not when they tell a story, whether they've been telling the same story for the last 20 years, I'm sure this today when they tell it, it's going to be a little bit different than the last time because they thought about something that they want to add, or maybe they got a reaction from one person in the last row of the last time they spoke. And they're like, I saw that person and they reacted this way when I said this word in this way. And they're like, I'm going to say it again here. So it's, there's more that goes into it than people probably think. And I never would have thought in a million years, I'd be this deep into storytelling um, after, you know, 20 minutes or so. Um, but Selena, I definitely appreciate you taking the time to, to share your story about the storytellers of Canada. Uh, we'll make sure to um, try to spread the word as much as possible. Um, I'm looking forward to any information of joining the next Zoom call uh, for sure. I want to see this firsthand share and experience it and uh i definitely love uh everything that you guys are doing and it's so impactful can i can i make a a small just interjection uh, or addition um if anybody is interested um they could go to the website as as i know you're going to put up the link um but on there if they click on story save that will bring them to all of the different uh tellers that we have recorded across Canada and they can download, they could purchase a CD through, through the website or they could download on Bandcamp, which is a great um, uh, platform, digital platform so that they could listen. And as well on our website, we also have Balado, the story safe podcast, which um, they could listen right on the website. It tells the stories behind the artist um, they're interesting conversations. We have 11 episodes now. I was the host of one of them. Um, and, and, and through that, they can, they, you know, they can learn more about our organization. Um, yeah, that's amazing. We're going to make sure to add your podcast link too, because I think that, uh, I'm going to make sure I check that out and uh, I'm going to check out the elders stories and download some videos, purchase the CD. Uh, But Selena, thank you so much for taking the time today. This has been a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Tom. That was Selena Eisenberg speaking with Tom Kelly on the podcast Nonprofit Spotlight. For anyone interested in joining the online story swaps that Selena mentioned, you can find a link to join in the show notes. Thanks to Selena for her excellent interview, capturing so much of what we do here and the importance of keeping storytelling alive. Our work would not be possible without the support from our funders, the Canada Council for the Arts, the Ontario Arts Council, and the Flavel Family Foundation. 
Technical production of this episode is from Heather Whaley with support by Tamara Filiovich. I'm Erin Bobian. Thanks for listening. <laughs>